You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, C. Sparky, 5 or 12.50 a.m. The fan, beautiful, well... That's so beautiful. I mean, it's rainy and cloudy. It's not really beautiful. Uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. Of course, online, 1250amthefan.com. If uh, you're a fan of the Bucks, just did an interview with Eric Name of The Athletic, talking about the start of the season and Giannis's contract extension. How about the Packers? Andy Herman, Pack-A-Day podcast uh, from last week, uh, talking about this Packers offense and their lack of an identity uh, at this point. Colton Bartholomew talking some Badgers from last week. Uh, as well, Badger football. So, again, go check it out, 1250amthefan.com or on your Odyssey app. Uh, our guy, Dwight Albright, uh, follow him on Twitter at Dewey300. And, of course, he is part of the Spare Time Pro Shop. He runs it, uh, and he wants to talk about a new bowling ball coming out later in the show, so we will do that. Phil Brylo, uh, he is that sexy beast that you see on your screen there <laughs> at Brew City Bowling. Beast uh, is right. And, and he is everywhere you want him Facial to be. Uh, yeah. Okay, so let, let's get into... Uh, uh, strike derby uh, that mm-hmm. they did here. I have a confession. Uh-oh. I haven't watched this ever in my life until this one. Okay. So the last couple of years when we weren't doing a show again, this is my point about the PBA league and everything else. You don't think of it like you're right. doing your everyday stuff and you're in your routine, right? So yeah. I guarantee you a lot of people didn't even know this thing was on, had no idea. When we talked about it last week, I went and I recorded it right away, my DVR, to make sure I didn't miss it. So this was my first time experiencing Strike Derby. Okay. Brilliant. Just effing brilliant. Like, Tom Clark, A+. plus. I-, I don't know if it was his idea, whose idea it was, but I absolutely love it. And I, I love it from so many different angles. I could talk about just this for an hour, I think. <laughs> The first angle that I'm going to take on this is the athlete part of it, mm-hmm. right? Dwight can't do this for two minutes. <laughs> it, it's, it's Dwight can't do it for two minutes. I couldn't do this in his prime <laughs> for, for two minutes. Right. I'm pretty sure I might pass out if I try to do it. Right. It, it is not easy. No. And we always hear from those non bowlers of ah beer guzzling whiskey shot taken you know, cigarette or cigar smoking bowlers. That's what y'all are. Y'all aren't athletes. Anybody right. can bowl, blah, 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 blah. Well, there showed you uh, a lot of those guys are the athletes. A lot of these guys that are working out and are in that shape, like Chris Vi and stuff, those guys 
could handle it and, and get through it. And even they were breathing heavy by the time it was done. I mean, you got to throw a ball. You don't even see where the ball goes and you're running back. So the way this works, if you've never seen it, they essentially have like, uh, uh, they have two pairs of lanes, the right lane on the pair to the left, and then the left lane on the pair to the right. And those are the two lanes you're bowling on. So essentially you throw a ball on, say the right side on that right pair, and then you run back, grab a different ball yes. on that left lane next to you, and then you throw a ball, and you're going back and forth for essentially like two minutes trying to throw as many strikes as you can. And then they have a goal pin that counts for two strikes. And then if uh, between all the bowlers, That's they get new. five strikes. Yeah. Uh, if they get five strikes to the goal pin between all the bowlers, bowling, excuse me, everybody got a free game to Bolero, which did happen if you signed up for it uh, prior. Okay, fine. It was so cool. Like, I had Tatum, the one-year-old, she was watching it and just like, what? Lie on the floor watching it. The seven-year-old Jackson, he came inside. He's like, this is crazy. What is going on? Mm-hmm. My girl, Kay, she's watching it. We were all watching it and completely just loving it. Uh, and the the drama that goes along with it and so forth, I, don't, I, I can't say enough good things about it. I thought it was amazing. It's interesting that the most fit guy on the tour is the one that does win it. Uh, Chris, if you ever looked at Chris by his biceps. So a funny story was when he were in town, one of my customers. One second. Jared, do, you, do you look at Phil's biceps when he's next to you too? Well, you can't miss Chris Vi's biceps oh. when he's on TV. The guy's, <laughs> <laughs> guy's just built. <laughs> no, I, to answer your question, no, I don't look at Phil's biceps. We've so. got Phil a sexy beast, and now we're talking about Phil's biceps. This is off to great <laughs> start. Little tea. No, we can't tease him. This no. is why you're on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page, people. This is why you're there. You're there to see Phil. Let's be honest. All right, go ahead. So one of my customers, Jared, is his name, and, and uh, he bowled the Pro-Am and was lucky enough to get Chris Vi, and there was a picture out there in social media of the two um, doing one of these on the Posing. lanes and comparing yeah, yeah. biceps. And uh, Jared's a gym rat, just like Chris Vi. And so it was funny to see these two together because they're both built the same. They're both ripped, right? You know, they could be football players more than they could be bowlers, you know? And so, um, Jared, I think had Chris Faye a little beat on the bicep aspect of it. I have a question. The size. Uh, and we may have talked about this before. I don't remember, but Tiger Woods kind of changed the fit way. Who is that guy on this tour that kind of changed how guys approach it? Because Amaletto was a long time ago. So I'm I'm because that's the only guy I can really think of back yeah, then that, that was, was that. I guy. think it's just built since then. I think these guys have realized, and I think college bowling has a lot to do with that as well. Because there's weightlifting involved. I mean, a lot of these programs have weight days yeah, and, and, and gym days. And yeah, I know UW Whitewater has that as well. Yeah, you know, so even the smaller schools, they got to share it with the foot, you know, the big football team and everybody else. So they, back in your day, when when you guys are bowling, like Holman and Roth and those guys, because I'm old, but I'm not that old. Did those guys bowl in college and then make that transition, or did those guys just come out of high school and compete? Yeah, I I had never heard any. Yeah. Weber of that. came out of high school and competed. I know. Yeah, the Pete. only one that was yeah. publicized though for the fitting, at least when he was on TV all the time, was Amaletto. Right, that was yeah. the only one. There wasn't, yeah. but there wasn't the college bowling like there is now, no. where you had that. You were literally coming out of high school and then yeah. trying to compete on the team. Yeah, you never saw a college team bowling at South Point for a championship. Right. Yeah, yeah it, that never was on TV. Yeah, that kind of transitioned in the '90s when it started getting a little bit more under the uh, officially under the ABC and WIBC back in right. the day. 
was a little bit more of the transition where some players were, you know, instead of going out on tour right away. And part of that had to do as well. You look at some guys that were college players in the early 90s, like Chris Barnes and that. They could go on on weekends. They had those huge megabuck tournaments when they weren't in school and stuff like that and clean up there. And so, hey, let's get our college education, bowl out in college, stay sharp, and then just clean up all over in these, in these megabuck tournaments. Yeah. And then when the megabucks started fading, then all of a sudden people realized, you know, hey, you know, Pro Tour wasn't paying a lot, but I can still get an education both collegially. So that's where it kind of turned mid mid to late 90s is where the big turn happened. Right. Where a lot of guys, instead of going out on tour when they're 17, 18, 19, I mean, you look at, Norm, you know, the guys that were out there, you know, Duke and Weber, 18, 17, 18 years old on TV or winning on tour. Uh, and then that just is kind of changes. It's kind of, you see the guys getting older when they first come out on tour now is, the rarity of the of the Anthony Simonsons and stuff is, I think, going to continue to be a little more rare unless the prize money really picks up with Bolero. Because there's some good kids out there like Eric Jones and uh, Dio Bernard that are 18, 19 years old, but they're bowling regionals mostly or PTQs. Uh, the side college wasn't for them, but you, that that's more of the rarity than anything. I, I think the ladies actually had the first ever TV contract for college. Really? Oh, yes. Um, I remember uh, watching Kelly Cook at the Fieldhouse in Madison. That had to be the late 90s uh, oh, there was, for yeah. one of the college finals. Yeah, there was college stuff earlier. Actually, when, when Red Carpet Celebrity, for those of you here in Milwaukee, I remember when that was around. Uh, there's a video out there on YouTube of like 1978 or 1979 with the Collegiate National Championships sponsored by Pabst Extra Light. Uh, of course. <laughs> college bowling, yeah, college bowling championships sponsored by a beer company. <laughs> so it's oh, beautiful. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, a little different. students don't yeah. drink, right? Yeah, a little different nowadays, obviously. But yeah, that was the sponsor of one of the first televised uh, college bowling championships. All right, so back to the strike derby thing. So the, the, clearly the physical fitness aspect of it kind of plays into this thing. Yes. The other thing that I didn't think about until Randy Peterson brought it up, and then you kind of saw it, was two-handed bowlers got their hands full of oil mm -hmm. literally mm -hmm. bowling in this thing because you don't get right. the chance to wipe off your ball or anything no. so the oil just accumulates on your ball which makes it harder to grip fill right absolutely and it just goes to show you even with the everybody talks about the urethane bowling balls grabbing oil resin does it just as much it just sits on the surface and five six shots all of a sudden yeah it's it's almost impossible for the two-handers to really keep that front hand on it wasn't the hand it wasn't the hand, the hand with the fingers in the ball that was a problem it's the guide hand in front you know, Belma, you could just kind of see where he's actually putting pressure on with his left hand and wrist to try to make sure he was keeping both hands of the ball through the downswing. And that kind of got him a little bit because you yeah. used to it just having it on there, but being relaxed and guiding it, when you have to force it on, it messes with the mechanics a little bit. And I think that was part of the problem for Belmo not getting out of the first round. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Also, Belmo has a very slow pre-shot routine. Right. He puts his foot up on top of the ball return. You know, he puts his hands over the hand dryer. Uh, And so he's got a very slow pre-shot routine. So wasn't surprised with this being rapid bowling that he wasn't going to do very good. Who was it? Svensson that that threw the the reactive resin yeah. and Randy Peterson freaked out. He's like, what the heck that is going on? Too. What What yeah. is going on? This dude's out here throwing reactive resin. Were you surprised I, by that? A little. Um, and, and I agree with Randy. It's like, because you never see uh, Jesper throwing reactive on on TV, at least. I don't know if he does in qualifying. Sometimes we've seen yeah. him with it. Yeah. The, the, the ball of choice has always been the pitch black. Yeah. Pattern dependent. And, and and Jesper was a lot more deliberate than everybody else, too. I mean, Jesper only threw 16, 17 shots, but the other guys were getting 21, 22, 23 off. You know, Jesper was able to be a little more deliberate with the resin and just kind of post the shot, freewheel it, have it come back, and then he'd go back and get get the other ball for his next shot in the other lane. I was happy to see him throw it, so we now we know that he's not one-dimensional. Yeah, uh, this, that's a soft pattern, too. I mean, the Roth pattern for the tour yeah, guys, to one it's, a, it's a house shot for the rest, yeah, you know, for them. For them. Yeah. You know, you have these... Uh, thanksgiving coming up obviously uh, next month and you have these nine pin no tap tournaments on thanksgiving day and everything else oh. surprise people don't do the strike derby concept and have like a, a mini strike derby tournament like and locally? maybe and it's not two minutes maybe it's a maybe it's 60 seconds it's like, one like minute locally yeah like locally uh at yeah. a, a facility it's one minute not yeah. two minutes uh and you reserve a bunch of lanes and proceeds go to charity whatever the case may be yeah uh, and you make it a bracket style format, one on one, just like you would a softball tournament type deal. Well, um, and go. The only way you can get that to happen is you're going to have to get either people to work the machines in yep. the back, uh, because again, they even had to stop the timer they on did. TV because the they were going faster than the machine. Or B, you have a machine that you can program it if the person doesn't get a strike to sweep the pins away and set it down right away. I was thinking about this when I was watching it, and I was disgusted with myself. Uh, these string pins probably would work better for this type of situation or do you think it would be worse slow because if they tangle a little bit and then they got to go back down and untangle, back up, yeah right so and that's the and kind of the unsung hung, unsung heroes of the tv show are the guys the four guys that were working in back the whole time one on top of the machine and one on the back because as soon as the ball and the crash and the pins went in the guys would make sure the ball would get back up the rake and then all fill in all the pinwheel stuff so the pins could get up there quick enough and not have that much of a delay that should be shown on tv yeah yes that Definitely. should be shown on TV. Nobody Definitely. knows that. Like last nobody, nobody knows those people are back there. People yeah. just think it's just the machines are slow. Yeah. They don't and, realize there are people back there manually doing things. Yeah. And that's what happened with one of Chris Fye's strikes is that the rate came down and the and ball he hit it. Right. Yep. Yeah. The guy in the back accidentally tricked because Trig- they're getting in or they're trying to get into a rhythm. Right. It's the same thing. They're in the same rhythm that the players are in to make sure that if it wasn't a strike, sweep it, get the, all the pins up there, get a new rack in there, that type of thing. So, you know, for the four guys that were back, the Portland guys that were back there from Bopo, I they mean, other job. than that one little yeah. blip, it was it was phenomenal. And it's just the machinery is just so old. Like it, you need to help it yeah. to keep up. Those are A2s. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because everybody knows so. what you're talking about. <laughs> Those are A2s. Like, it's common knowledge. Everybody uh, knows who are A2s uh, watching. Uh, the former mechanic. Yeah, I think yeah. the serial numbers on those are from 62 or 63 yeah, originally. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're, they're pretty yeah. old, yeah. That's crazy, so man. Yeah. So how much different is the equipment, that you a machine that you would buy now versus the machine that he has in there currently? I think uh, a lot faster. It uh, would be a little bit faster. It's a little different pin delivery system. Yeah. Uh, with Brunswick has these GSX pin setters. AMF pin setters really haven't evolved speed wise, but solid state wise, they work better and they 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 don't get as many what they call stops if a pin gets out of spot or something like that. 
Uh, the GSX pincers, they're a little different because the pins actually travel farther throughout the machine. They travel faster, but they travel farther. And really, it's it's a little faster, but not much. I think it would still be, if they moved it to Charlie Mitchell's new place at, at Broadway Bowl in Portland, they have these GSX pin setters, and it maybe it would help a little bit, but I don't think so. It, it really takes the human assistance to make sure that strike derby. So there really is no off. major incentive for a bowling operator to get new machines if they have old machines that are working then because there's not a huge difference between the two power wise you save a lot of money on electricity okay well then the that's a good stuff. reason then yeah, yeah. If that's Those, what it yeah, is yeah and and the new newer amf pin setters too uh work i mean they have these on the on the old amf pin setters, they have these big chassis boxes with all these old vac not vacuum tubes but they look pretty close and it's just a lot of waste of electricity where uh, I know a couple of centers that have pulled out old Brunswick machines and put in the new Brunswick machines, and they've paid for themselves in like 10 years on the electricity. That's wild. Yeah, that is wild. If you, uh, if you really want to trip, though, in terms of speed, go down to Riviera uh, on Greenfield because uh, they have Brunswick A1s down there, and they move at half the speed of what an A2 is. So oh. you, you want to talk about three, three and a half hours of Yeah, it used bowling? to take us three and a half hours for five-man league at Riviera. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which decks come down like this? I was, I was I was glad my wife, yeah, was driving me on those Thursdays. Let's put it that <laughs> oh, way. Oh, right. So, yeah, yeah, I guess more so. Drink. More time to cocktail. <laughs> the right, other absolutely. the other thing about the strike derby that I was surprised about, and we saw it early, was Kyle Troop all kinds of pissed off, screaming and yelling about how he got screwed. Oh, yeah. uh, on time that, uh, yeah. because he got delayed three or four times and they didn't stop it. Right. Uh, and then they got said the ball didn't get out on time on that last shot, and he was mad. Now, he eventually ended up winning the roll-off, so big deal. And right. he didn't hold a grudge necessarily on TV about yeah, it. But what he was movie? chirping and mad, what? and I think everybody there was like, whoo, yeah. he is pissed. But it, and what was happening was, if you watched him, he kept shaking his head every time they stopped that clock going forward for anybody else. Right. He was just shaking his head like, great. Yeah, he didn't do that for me. Clock kept running until the damn thing went up. Right. And now this guy over he here, point. he's getting yeah. the benefit of the doubt every yeah. time it stops. Well, And he didn't get that the first time. Now, I don't know whose fault that is one way or the other, but he had a legitimate gripe, I think. I think somebody paid a little more attention to it after they happened <laughs> after the first went time. Nuts. Because, I mean, <laughs> you basically you have to have somebody watching the lane that's not being bowled on, waiting for the pins to reset. That needs to be the person watching the clock. Right. Because then that clock, if they see that the ball's delivered by, on the other lane, and they see that the pins, you know, once it hits the pins, if they see that the other lane doesn't have pins yet, they got to stop that clock immediately and wait until the rack starts coming up so the bowler can make their approach, at a, at, you know, safely. You don't want somebody firing it while the rake's still down or whatever sure. and making a guess. But, aspect. yeah, it just need, yeah, you kind of need your your the person handling the shot clock to watch the opposite lane the whole time to make sure you stop it on time. And I think that's probably what they did once they got through that first round. Another guy that obviously stood out was Matt Ogle. Holy crap. Like, I was not expecting that. That dude was a damn near a machine the first time he went out there. I don't think he missed one until, what, 12 in or something like that? One thing they didn't talk about, and um, I think this is maybe why he was so steamed, was they never told what the winner got for money. Oh, 20 grand. Okay, 20 grand. So, I mean... I mean, there's money involved, obviously. I don't, the more the money, the more you have a reason to be pissed off. Absolutely. Things are not working, you know, so. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, the competitive aspect, you want to win. If you're going to yeah. compete, you want to win. Yes, it's a fun event. Yes, it's not something to determine the best bowler in the world. It's just something fun and to do for another TV show. Like I said, I loved it. And yeah. I'm going to say the same thing I said about PBA League. This needs to be somewhere else. Like, I, th- this, this, unless you have a new section of TV where you say, okay, we're going to have a new two months on the TV schedule. So, you know, we're going to end in April or May or whatever it's going to be. Um, and then in September and October, we're going to have eight TV shows spread out over two months. And it's going to be, Every Saturday night at six o'clock or every Sunday night at six o'clock or whatever the time is going to be, but we're going to lock it into one time and it's going to be all the way across outside. Maybe the PBA league championship. Maybe you get that on big Fox, but outside of that, you, you do it that way and you show more PBA league games than maybe what you showed. um, And then you throw this one in here. Maybe you come up with another fun one to do as well. And you tell everybody, look, two months of bowling, uh, every year now in September and October that we didn't have before. And now people are going to be like, okay, now I know it's September and October. I got to remember every Sunday it's going to be this. And you kick it off Labor Day weekend with your first PBA league match or strike derby. Maybe that kicks it off uh, that weekend. I don't know. Something to kind of get everybody there because it's random crap of two weekends on and then two weekends off. And then, yeah, oh, here's another tough. one here. Yeah. It's just tough to expect yeah. uh, a fan, even the diehard fan, to remember that it's on when you have family life and you're running around and football's on and, and now the NBA starting all this, like that's a big ask I mean, to remember to watch this. Did you see? Yeah. I think the only promo they had for the kickoff for 2024 with the players championship, January 15th or whatever that was, was at the end of the show. Right. I mean, and you get a humongous lead in from the NFL. I mean, Jeff Riggles from the always checks the PBA ratings. And once again, this year, the highest rated PBA show is a non title show. This time being the strike derby. Had over had a 0.55 rating, million plus Unreal. fans watching. That is because over different time zones. It was completely different. Yeah. People that were watching were like, "What the hell are they doing? What yeah. is this?" Yeah. And then, like in my house, everybody gathers around the TV to watch the yeah. the the craziness of what they're doing. That's how they hooked them. Yeah. If that's a regular show, do you get as many people to hold that long? I don't know, but that craziness that that got them. a major maybe maybe if it's tournament of champions. But I guarantee you, I think you had casual fans that have oh, probably hardly ever watched bowling yeah. at state because of the the nonsense of running all over the place. And it was the first line on the promo coming into the show. This isn't, you know, basically summarizing. This isn't an everyday bowling tournament. Right. This isn't your usual ho hum. This right. is the strike derby, and that kind of helped, I think, string a, bring a few people back in that maybe would have changed the channel. It's just, but again, I still think you lost some core PBA people that did not happen to have that NFL game on that would have watched had they known. Now, I, I, I will. I, I will say this. Is there anything else that they can steal from another sport to make their own like they did the home run derby into the strike derby in order to get this done that would hold an audience? We talked about that hyper bowling or whatever the mm-hmm. heck it was. And that's essentially target bowling is is my understanding of what it is. I wonder if you could have some type of target bowling tournament of some sort um, that would get these guys involved in the similar same type of way that you would in a hyper bowling 
type situation, whether it's different spare shooting, whether it's putting literally putting bumpers up and you have to hit two or three different spots on bumpers and then high pinfall or something again that people aren't going to see, but people can relate to because they can do it themselves and go out to the lanes or whatever the case may be something that, that, that separates it. Cause I don't know what other thing you could possibly do that would tie in outside of that strike derby besides maybe a target shooting. I was um, very entertained by the LBC show final show um, and the elimination format. I I really like that. I would have loved to know what the ratings were on that one. If uh, the strike derby got a 5.5, but I thought that was very, very entertaining also because you wanted to stay watching it long enough to see eventually who won. And of course we were all pulling for Lenny being from Wisconsin and Lenny finished third, which is a great finish, but would have been great to see him win it. I think with the systems that they use, obviously you get the, you see the ball track behind the ball on the lanes. It's it's done by uh, by Specto and Clutch Bowling. Uh, they can project targets and stuff out there, like you were just talking about. So let's say you have a target at the arrows and a tar- and a target at the break point, and if you hit both those targets and strike, then you get maybe five bonus pins or something. You can make it pop up in a different spot every time. Right. So all of a sudden, the guy is going from playing right up the gunner on his first shot, and all of a sudden he's playing fifth arrow on his next shot, and it just comes up and moves and, and it moves, and then you get. You know, that could be something that could be very interesting to non-fans going like, wow, hey, these guys can. Right. Take the know, target yeah. for the right-handed bowler and put it on the left side of the lane and say, you got to throw a backup ball. Yeah. And then do the same thing for the left-handed bowler. Right. right? Or say, all right, the goal this time is you got to throw the 7-10 split. Go get it. Yeah. You got to throw it down the middle and try and get the 7-10 split. Whoever leads the 7-10 split, you get this. The point structure is completely different, right? So you change the points, right? If, yeah. if you accomplish this, it's 50 points. If you if you get whatever. And you change it and make it something completely different that these guys yeah. never normally do, mm-hmm. uh, and to see what happens. I, yeah, I, it, it's a wild, crazy idea, but I think casual bowlers like this strike derby, I right. think would would stay and say this is pretty wild. This is a this is a pretty cool thing. Correct. They tried that obviously in the nineties. We were, we talked to Randy Peterson about that because Randy Peterson was more an exhibition in Madison, but Randy Peterson made the seven ten split yep. on TV. But unfortunately, it wasn't a PBA event, so it's never going to fall into. Uh, the four that now have made it right uh, on TV and only one being Mark Ruff that was right-handed. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. So uh, before we get out of here and that was fun time, PBA strike derby, highly, yep. highly recommend. You can find it on YouTube or whatever. It, it was fun to watch. Uh, all right, Dwight. So talk about this new bowling ball that you wanted to get into here. Well, uh, last week at the end of the show, we were talking about this. Uh, Phil was talking about this new bowling ball coming called the NU. Right. And we ended up finding a week later that it's a new hammer bowling ball coming out to address the 78-degree hardness so issue. So does Storm follow up with the FU ball? <laughs> no? Okay. They didn't follow up. Hey, I just don't know what the F would be for. Yeah. 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 Who cares? F-U-R good. Thing. It would still yeah. be fun. Right. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and so they came out with the NU, and it stands for not urethane. Right. So. If it's not your thing, what is it? So I went and watched many videos being a pro shop operator. And one of them that was out there was Packy Hanahan. And we had Packy on our show (laughs) a few weeks back. And so Packy says in, and he does a great job comparing the, uh, the new NU to the purple hammer urethane. Uh, And he says in the video, if you have any comments, list, list them below or any questions, list them below in the comment section. So I accidentally did. Uh-oh. <laughs> right. And so I said, well, if it's not urethane, what is it? Question mark. Uh, yeah. Is it resin? Question mark. Is it polyester? Question mark. And my and believe it or not, there was a response that came back about 15, 20 minutes later. And it says from Packy, I'm assuming it said the house. 
Yeah. Um, but I'm assuming it was Packy that answered. He goes, all I know is it's not urethane, and that's all I need to know. Marketing, 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 Come and on, more marketing. Becky, throw yeah. me a bone, it's would like, you? It's like when they show you a new bowling ball out there, and I, I always just want to go, can you show me what the ball does after 50 games, like right. every 190 average league hack out there Correct. that fairly cleans their equipment and stuff like that? What if someone show me what to... it does after 50 right. games, because that's kind of like me if I'm out there bowling. Like, Show me what it's going to do in 50 games if I don't play with the surface and all that stuff. Show oh, me absolutely. that. Right. I need to know, what, as a pro shop operator, can we tweak the cover? I mean, I'm sure, they're all thrown and sanded, right. but... What if someone wants it polished? Does it then become more what of a does reactive? It change? Right. You know, and so eventually another company is going to break down whatever they did um, and be able to come out with their own version of it. It's well, not what like makes the 90s. it so special. Yeah. It mimics a purple hammer urethane reaction, but it's not urethane. But it's not no, urethane. No, no, no. So at least the, the one video I watched by a gentleman up in Brunswick, uh, Brunsnick, he goes by Brunsnick. I'm sure Nick Phil Smith. Knows, yeah. yeah, Nick, uh, uh, Phil knows who he is on his video um, verbally said that it does absorb oil, but at a very slow rate. So he let the cat out of, out of the box in terms of mouse out of the box. But anyways, he says that obviously by that absorbing oil, that there is porosity. So you, you have to assume it's very similar to what motive did with microcell uh, technology, which means it is a resin ball that absorbs oil at a very slow rate. They just happen to find a combination that mimics that purple hammer urethane reaction. Man. That's yeah. wild. That is wild stuff. But, uh, I mean, but when, when, comment got me though. When yeah. do you have them in the shop for people to buy? Uh, November sixteenth is a worldwide release. We already got two guys uh, already ordered on it. How much? And, and then uh, a, a few days later comes out the Storm's uh, announcement that they're coming out with a burgundy colored IQ that is a true urethane ball that's seventy eight degree hardness. Now the thing that's interesting in the Brunswick video that they post, and I was talking to Phil about this off the air, was. If the ball's not urethane in the video promo, they they show it hitting a durometer and the durometer read 78.7. Well, if it's not urethane and the legal limit is 73, why does it have to be 78.7? That has to be my question for Brunswick. See, I'm glad I don't got to deal with you. Yeah. He is Dwight Albrecht, spare time, a pro shop in New Berlin, Phil Bryla. Follow him on Twitter, Bruce City Bowling. Follow Dwight at Dewey 300. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. Check out the interviews I do at 1250amthefan.com. Uh, also, don't forget you can download this fine podcast on your Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcast app. Have a good one. Toodles! Toodles!